Looking to make the rest of your life the best part of your life? Every week, the Words for Life podcast has principles and testimonies that will help us become a little better than we were yesterday. This will positively impact your life. I'm so glad you decided to join us today. Welcome to another Words for Life discussion. I'm your host, Terrence Farrell, a.k.a. T. Farrell. And again, I'm just, I'm so glad you joined us for this episode. I think it's going to be an amazing episode. But before we get started, wanted to share a quote that I heard from Michael Todd. I was listening to an interview. And they were mm. interviewing Michael Todd. And he said, don't fulfill your potential, fulfill your purpose. And he was talking about finding your purpose. The only way you can find your purpose is with God. Mm-hmm. Where God's going to tell you what your purpose is. But a lot of times we find out what we're good at. We listen to everybody else and they say, oh man, you're good at, you're good at doing this. You should do it. And you do it. You go down this path and you ask God to bless it. And you say, hey, I'm only going to do things that honor you, God. And then, But he might be calling you to come outside of your realm of comfortability or outside of what you uh, know at that time to be your gifting. But if you follow your purpose your purpose will pave the way for where God wants you to be. So I just wanted to drop that real quick. It really blessed me. Uh, It was an interview on YouTube. They were interviewing Michael Todd and fulfill your, don't fulfill your potential, fulfill your purpose. It just, it reframed everything that I do uh, from here on out. Cause for so long, I, I, you know, your potential is there. And I got, I got potential of, I'm good at this and I can even be better and better. And you chase that and nine times out of 10, you find yourself where God didn't intend you to be. He can He can redirect you and bless your life still. But he said, if you went this way, if you would have heard me, we would have been somewhere else and you would have fulfilled your purpose. So now, That's deep. thank you, sir. Thank you. Now, in case you don't know who that is, that is... Pastor D.L. McFall. Now, I I just, before I even read pieces of his bio, this was my first senior pastor when I became Adventist. And I thank God uh, for him because coming from a Pentecostal background into Adventism, what I knew and the the stereotype around Adventism, Mm. I was so glad that he was my pastor because among other things, he let me know that Adventism is not going to get you into heaven. And it's just a going to heaven fellowship where we follow the Bible as closely as possible. And with that rooted, and it's just not like, well, if you follow this, then you can get in. It wasn't that. And I really thank God for that foundation. So that's who we have today. Pastor D.L. McFall going to share with us now. I'm going to read a piece, pieces of his bio. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Amen. Um, but he served as a medic in the u.s air force uh and is a vietnam veteran yes sir next came the career as uh his broadcasting career with stinks in 1580 k day that's right and kgfj in los angeles and wol in washington dc and then he later became the director of promotions and marketing for the Black Music Division of Capital EMI Records in Hollywood. Yes, the, sir. Yes, yes. For the past 36 years, 
he's been engaged in pastoral ministries now. And that's that's where I know the bulk of who he is. He graduated from Don Martin School of Radio and Television, Oakwood University, where he earned his bachelor's degree, double majors in theology and communications, and Loma Linda University, where he earned his master's degree in social work. Now, he also, he regularly wrote for the Message magazine. Now, here's the thing that blew me. He just, he's recently published a book and the title, we were just talking about it offline, is a little provocative, but I told him the title is either going to make people run from it or say, I need to read this book. And the title is Never Shake Hands with a White Woman. (laughs) Behind the provocative title is his chilling testimony of being delivered by God's grace from a near fatal freebase cocaine overdose. Yes, Lord. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, help me welcome <laughs> Pastor D.L. McFall. Pastor McFall, how you doing, man? Well, T, I'm doing well, praise God. And I have to tell you, man, that that Michael Todd quote, yeah, it, it sparked something. I, I have to preach on the 17th of July, and it's dealing with talent. Mm. And talent and potential can walk hand in hand. Yes. And you sparked something with that quote because now I, I understand more clearly, thank you, Lord, that potential is what we see in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And our vision is so limited that we we get six inches off the ground and we think we're soaring. Yes. <laughs> Purpose will have us sailing with the eagles, the thermals. I just left Tucson where it was 115 one day mm. and the thermals are, are, are so hot that if you had a sailplane, you could stay up for, for weeks. Right. And purpose is, is when God identifies what he wants us to do, and then we will maximize our potential because we are fulfilling our purpose. I said, go on, Terrence Farrell. <laughs> you gave me something right from jump. Thank you. Nice, nice. I I, I praise God. I praise God. He 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 used Michael Todd, poured into me, gave something to you. You're gonna give it to a whole bunch. That's just how God works. Yes, he sir. Thinks, just he he uses everything. Um, yes. And along those lines, I wanted to ask one of the first questions that I had um, was, what's one of the principles that that you follow in life to to get the most out of life? <laughs> uh, it's a it's a twofold principle. Um, what God has for me to do is what I'm supposed to be doing. And as I do it, I do it with a joyful spirit so that I don't take myself too seriously. Okay. Now that disturbs some people because they think you need to be more serious. Okay. I mean, you want me to be pastoral? I can be, yes, God bless you. <laughs> it's wonderful living, but that's not real world. Right. And somebody who's been beat down someone who's just come through a drug overdose, some woman who's being violated by her her significant other or a partner mm-hmm. and being domestically abused. Uh, what they need from me is not a pastoral, yes, praise the Lord. What they need from me is, I, I understand that I can't fully understand what you're going through, but I know someone who can, his name is Jesus. And listen, he will bring relief if you allow him to be God all by himself. Mm-hmm. So that, that those are the two abiding principles for me, doing God's will 
and and trying to maintain an attitude that's uh, my name in Zulu is Vuyani, okay. which means rejoice. That you know they they when when Americans come across they give Black Americans a they probably give it to all Americans, but they they gave me a name, uh, and that name is Vuyani, and I said, well, what does that mean? They said, uh, joyful or rejoice, because every time we see you, you've got a smile on your face and and you, you, you're saying words that just, just lift us up. And I, I'll take that. Nice. Vuyani it is. Yes, yes, yes. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, now, I, along those same lines, how do you, well, you know what? I, I was going to say, how do you govern your joy when things just happen that, I want to say, just throw you off your game. Like you just, either it's a whole bunch of negative things or it's just like, I, I can't take this anymore. People are just doing wrong or, or what, what it is. You know, the Lord has a sense of humor and, and he also is not concerned with uh, whether I come across looking like I'm all that in a bag of chips with a large drink to go or not. So I'm in Memphis, Tennessee it's in the book, by the way, and I'm talking to my secretary back at Capitol Records, and this burly cousin bangs into me and says, excuse me, Rufus. Mm. I said, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> I said to my secretary, hold on. I I've got to go introduce myself to someone. I marked him, and I could see him making his way down the concourse, and man, I'm, I'm moving to intercept this boy. And the Holy Spirit said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to introduce myself to this fellow. He thinks my name is Rufus. And you know, Lord, he, he banged into me intentionally. And you know, in the old South, that would have worked well, but this ain't the old South, this is the new South. It's a new day. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to get off the sidewalk and, and make room for anybody. And I'm going to let him know that my name is not Rufus. The Spirit of God said, and what if a fight breaks out? Well, hey, it just breaks out. I thought you said you were a Christian now. Hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> the Lord said, go back to your telephone call, son. Hmm. I had to turn around because the Lord ain't playing. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I can show out <laughs> and embarrass him. And then he can spank me or he can get my attention and lock my heels now. And I don't embarrass him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I, it, with that, because that shows a level of maturity or the willingness to really follow God, where God becomes real. He's just not somebody that, you know, you see every week or you say a little prayer before you eat or whatever. So when did God become real for you? Like it became, it wasn't just the person that you pray to and thank you food for and, you know. God became real for me the night I overdosed hmm. by myself. Um, I had a girlfriend who was a singer and she was on the road. Um, they were down in Brazil at, at that time. And so I'm by myself, I'm freebasing. And she wouldn't freebase. She, and she didn't want me to do it, but hey, I, I'm a man. And uh, once I got hooked on this nonsense and it was all accidental, someone gave me a hit on a pipe that 
I figured was some kind of marijuana or hashish, but I did not dream that it was cocaine. Mm. And once that hit me, and it's a feeling that you never have again. The first hit of a freebase pipe or, or a crack pipe, all the dopamine in your body is dumped into the pleasure center of your, of your mind. And it's a feeling that it's, it's like the 4th of July and Christmas morning and, and your 12th birthday when all your friends are there singing and giving you gifts and, and the first sexual experience all rolled into one. And it will never happen again. It can only happen once because you only have that much dopamine stored up one time. And the Lord allowed me to get involved in this foolishness. And that morning when I overdosed, I couldn't move, could barely breathe. My extremities were beginning to go cold. And I was, I was dying and I knew it. And my own foolishness had led to it. And as I'm lying there, I hear a voice say, just say, Jesus help me. But I can't talk. And I said, I, I, I can't, I can't. Yes, you can, just say, Jesus help me. And I finally got those words out. Oxygen rushed into my lungs. My extremities began warming up and I could suddenly move again. And I rolled off the bed onto the floor and, and through tears, God and I didn't have a relationship. God had a relationship with me. I wrote God off when I was 15 because my father died, left my mother with five children. And, you know, if there's a God, how could he let this happen? Mm. And in my 15-year-old arrogance, I told my mother, I don't need God. I don't need Jesus. I don't need no church. I'm finished with this religion thing. Five o'clock in the morning, on my knees, bawling like a baby, I said, God, I think you're trying to reach me and you want me to come serve you. I, I need a sign. Not one word of this from my lips is all in my heart. Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, give me a sign. Turn the light on in this bedroom. And the light came on instantly. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized God is real. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, anything you want of me, I'll do it. Then it took two years for him to get me to do it. But <laughs> wow, wow! And I think I think I've always heard pieces of the the testimony, but mm. never in its entirety. Um, that's that's powerful. That's oh, that's it's not even the half of the story. He he let me he let me go to sleep at five thirty that morning. I woke up at seven thirty or thereabouts, and he said, "Get showered and get dressed." This is Saturday morning. Why, why would I get up and go anywhere? I don't get up before noon to get showered and get dressed. I get dressed. The Lord said, get on the Hollywood freeway, head toward downtown. All right, now get on the Harbor freeway. Wow. Off at Adams. I mean, specific vocal commands. Mm. I'm rolling up Adams heading west, and then I hear stop. And I looked up, and the Berean Seventh-day Adventist Church is sitting there two blocks from the barbershop that I've been using for about 12 years. And I had never noticed that church sitting there. Wow. And the Lord said, go in. I literally knocked the Bible instructor to the side. As I stepped in, I bumped into her. I said, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I said, who do I talk to about joining this church? I said, why did I say that? I didn't come to join anything. She said, well, I'm Patricia Williams. I'm the Bible instructor. 
you can come with me. And the rest, as they say, is shown off divine ordained history. Wow. Wow. And and here I would I was going to ask one of one of the questions that I had listed here was what was one of the toughest things that God pulled you through? And I don't know if that was it or if there. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's 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 amazing. So now with this whole journey with God, um, and I know you've learned many lessons, but if you was to let's just let me put it this way. If you was to run into, let's say, your 30 year old self, somebody <laughs> you see that's 30, they, they remind you of you. What advice would you give them? I wouldn't give free advice. <laughs> I would offer I would offer my testimony if given the opportunity. Gotcha. I've come to understand that that marketing, the key to effective marketing is relationships. Mm. And and you know, we we had a member in, in Brooklyn who used to go down to the J Street uh subway station and scream at the Jews every morning, you better come to Jesus or you're going to die and go to hell. I, I said <laughs> You know, this is not a way to reach people for the Lord. Yes, it is. This is how the Lord told me. I'm, I said, okay, the Lord told you that I'm out of the equation because he knows what he's doing. But how many have you baptized so far? She said, well, nobody. I said, exactly, because mm -hmm. they're turning you off. And when free advice is given, unsolicited advice, mm -hmm. people generally, they, they'll smile and nod. And, and, and when you're 30, you know everything. You know, at 30, at 24, I had a 30-year-old woman who wanted to talk to me. I said, come on, Grandma. I mean, why would I want to talk to somebody 30 years old? At 30, <laughs> you know, I felt like I had arrived, and it, hmm. it's pitiful. So I, I, I would, and the Lord has a way of, of, of moving things in such a way that I have the opportunity to give my testimony, then I can give it. But advice? water off a duck mm. that's that's i'm about to say that's great advice because so many times we feel like oh i know what to tell this person i can see where they're going and like you said if there's no relationship you just it's you're just throwing darts at a wall or you know throwing something at a wall and it's interesting i have two friends one of them i was with one of them one day and the the, the other friend called while i was there and it was sobbing man it's, he said, what's wrong? He said, my father just died. And so the response was, well, nobody lives forever. Oh. I said, oh, wow. Wow. How comforting. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later, that friend's father died, and he called me sobbing. And I said, well, and the Holy Spirit said, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> I remember too much sometimes. <laughs> And the spirit said, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I still wanted to say, well, no one. <laughs> so now <laughs> let me let me ask you this, because now the relationship that you have with God and your testimony where you can get verbal directions. I mean, even even if I got um directions that weren't verbal, but I know it was coming from him. That just seems like, yeah, I want that. I want that. How, for everybody is different. I'm almost answering my own question, mm -hmm. but how do you, how do you go about 
getting that? Oh, how would you how would you advise somebody to go about getting that? Or what what would you say are the steps to going there, getting that? I, I think you're married. I <laughs> yes, I am. I, I, I think your wife believes you're married too. <laughs> and and you and, and Veronica have a relationship where sometimes you don't have to say a word. And and you just you just know what each of you is thinking. Mm-hmm. And it comes through a daily interaction with the with the individual, even God. If you don't talk to God, if you, if you don't pay him any attention until the emergency arrives, mm-hmm. he may or may not intervene, he may or may not deliver, and then you go on about your business. There's not a solid relationship, but when you have an up close and personal relationship with God, and it won't always be audible, Some, sometimes it's a strong impression, uh, I had a lady who called me one day and said, Pastor, you've been on my mind, on my heart. Those are her exact words. You've been on my heart for three days. And I thought, oh, here we go. You look like Denzel and people start fantasizing about you. <laughs> she said, and this morning I had devotion and the, the Lord told me to call you and tell you, behold, I set before you a door that no man can shut. I said, well, what does that mean? She said, I don't know. But the Lord said to share it with you. I've done that. God bless you. Goodbye. I've mm-hmm. never spoken to her again. I'd only met her once, and that was at her church in D.C. When I accepted the call to Kingsborough Temple, it the acceptance came almost five months after the offer had come. Mm-hmm. And I had already called and told them, the Lord's not saying anything. I, I don't make a move without the Lord. And I, I sense that I'm holding you up, so let me get out of the way. Thank you for the invitation. Perhaps down the road, we can work together. Five months go by, and I finally get this call from this lady about the door that no man can shut. I called Elder Brooks, Stennett Brooks, who was the president, on Monday. That call came Friday. Saturday night, my wife said, I'm impressed you ought to take the call to New York. She hated New York, mm-hmm. wanted nothing to do with it. She and my daughter wept when I told them that we had a call to New York because they didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Monday, I called Elder Brooks and he said, you, you, you wanted to talk? And I said, yes, sir. I, I know this is left field, but I just want to see, is the offer still on the table? He said, Elder, I've been holding that door open for you. Mm. I said, all right then. So godly people will come into your, our experience and and they will have a word from the Lord, and you'll know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Lord will will affirm what they had to say, uh, or it can be the word, or any number. What God is not limited by our limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 it's true. It's key key information. Key information. Um, man, I, I I just appreciate it. So now let let's talk about let's talk about what you're doing now. I mean, the book. When when did the book come out? The book has been out literally for a year and four months. Okay. It has, it, it's been a tumultuous period. Yeah. Um, may I be transparent? That, I, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for asking. <laughs> and I'm being polite. Um, regrettably, uh, my wife and I are, are divorced. Uh, after 49 years, she woke up and I, I say it was for health reasons. Um, she just got sick of me. Um, she 
she moved out while I was gone. Mm. I was back east for the graduation of a grandson. And um, when I came back to California, she had moved out. And I didn't know where. Mm. Didn't understand why. But she made the move. A few days later, I received um, a subpoena for family court, and I was being sued for divorce. So since January of uh, 2019, uh, we've been divorced. Hmm. It was one of the toughest periods. You know, as a pastor, you want to always project the, the truth right. in all of its facets. And, and and not live a lie. So one of the things I did, I immediately told my elders, and I have to give them um, kudos because I asked them to possess the knowledge, but to not share it. And I never ever heard one word off the street. That's so cool. the elders of my church, Ephesus Church in LA, I give God the glory and, and the praise for helping them recognize the importance of the, the sensitivity of the situation. Mm -hmm. And they shared nothing in the street. Mm -hmm. Every step of the way, I made them aware. And uh, they were very supportive. And I praise God for that. Mm -hmm. After the divorce became final in 2019, uh, the challenge now becomes staying close to the Lord and, and not going buck wild because, you know, there are people who are sitting out there waiting for an opportunity mm -hmm. to hook up with a preacher. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they think. Well, I do know in one of my classes at Oakwood, Dr. Reeves, Benjamin Reeves pointed out that for some women and, and a few men, they view having an intimate relationship with a pastor as being intimate with God. Ooh. Just, it's <laughs> that's, that's just too sounds... deep for me, you know. Yeah, and, and the Lord has, you know, when you when you think you look like Denzel, but it's more like Kazimoto. <laughs> uh, it's easier for the Lord to keep people at bay. But uh, I know pastors who look pretty much like the southbound end of a northbound mule. <laughs> and, um, they get divorced or wife dies and and they are inundated with uh with casseroles and pies and cakes and cookies and invitations to come by for a neck rub mm -hmm. uh I, that's there's the rub and at the end of the day it's total chaos i had none of that and that's why i say right. you know when you look like Kazimoto, they don't really <laughs> even if you are a pastor they don't want to be bothered with you <laughs> so I, i've been able to keep myself with the lord and, and away from the madness mm -hmm. and since i retired on the 31st of march of this year mm -hmm. um i've really been more active with the conference uh, engaging in several committees to uh stay busy for the lord well, I, I see where the Lord wants me to go. I, I think he wants me to go south. And uh, south would be Florida in the um, Orlando area. Mm -hmm. uh, the south could be Virginia and Maryland, where uh, two of my four children are. Uh, or south could be Alabama. Uh, but I'm really open to wherever he wants me to go. Mm -hmm. And when he says it's time 
uh, I'll make the move. And my desire is to put my social work degree to work. The last year at Ephesus has been just powerful as the community services has been um, collaborating with uh, Mount Tabor Missionary Baptist Church, which is down the block, uh, about three blocks down the street from Ephesus. And we've done joint things, food programs, clothing, um, adult um, daycare programs, um, showers, haircuts for the homeless. It, nice. It's been powerful. Nice. And those are the kind of things I'd like to do, as well as uh, transformational ministries uh, so I can help people who have addictions. It may not be drugs. It may be sex. It, it may be money. It may be gambling. It may be pornography. It may be food. But right. showing them that there is a better way, uh, a more uh, everlasting way through Jesus to be delivered. Because I was delivered from Freebase, uh, not by a program or a doctor, but by Jesus mm -hmm. and, and set free. And he changed my playmates and playground. And sometimes he, he does that so that we'll have a, a fighting chance of staying in the center of his perfect will. So doing community services type things as a project Carmela Monk of Message Magazine and I are, are discussing that would impact the community. Um, traveling a little bit and doing the transformational ministries. And I'm working on a Black Lives Matters book no. that I'm praying will be, um, be useful for sons and daughters of God who are black, but who are not black. So they understand that, that color is not something we choose. We, we receive it, and then we receive God's grace to go through life and do something with it. Mm -hmm. So I just want to stay busy. I don't, I'm not retiring, retiring, and rocking on the porch and waiting for a sunset so I can go home to be with the Lord. <laughs> um, Jesse Jackson was about to fly, and they asked the, a young pastor to pray, and, and he said, oh, Lord, if this plane crashes, may may." Reverend Jackson and all those on board be a part of your eternal family and glory. And, and, and when he said, amen, Jesse Jackson said, but not today, Lord, please, not today. <laughs> Having just gotten off a plane, a couple of planes, and, you know, they start to rock. And, and I've been flying for 50 years, but there are times when I think, I wonder if this is the, the time when I hope not, Lord. I hope not. Right, right. I'm just, I'm just happy that your ministry can still move on and it's still, it's still alive and well. And, and because a lot of times when people receive negative information about you, especially mm -hmm. when it's personal information, they go, okay, well, maybe we don't want you in front. Maybe we don't want you doing certain things. And I just, I thank God for the, the people you? around you. Who told you? Yeah, that, that has, that's been part of the experience. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've yeah. had another pastor on even on this Words for Life podcast, I think a, a few weeks back. And he said he was scheduled to speak somewhere. I think he was going to speak in, and um, Hezekiah Walker was going to sing. And mm. he was a part of the Hezekiah Walker, you know, when they first came out. And once they found out he was divorced, they said, um, um, we're, we're not going to allow you to speak. He said, why? I'm a, I'm a pastor. It's the experience that I'm, I'm, I draw from to reach certain. They said, well, we just rather not have. And it was like, wow. And it's just, you know, that's real. Yeah. 
And I'm glad you mentioned Hezekiah Walker. I had lunch with him um, in Harlem, man, about four years ago now. Mm-hmm. But uh, just, you know, we had a tremendous time uh, talking about the Lord, talking about his experiences, talking about, uh, I didn't realize that he had been an outcast in his own church because he sang um, in a form that his bishop said was inappropriate. Mm. And he was led by the spirit of the Lord and the bishop said no. And the Lord said, yes, who are you going to obey? Exactly. (laughs) We much rather obey God than obey man. And, uh, but tremendously gifted brother. Uh, And what I found interesting, he's from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And as you know, normally when you're from Brooklyn, you know, people in Harlem are not that interested in Everywhere we went in Harlem, as we walked along the street, people were, hey, Bishop, how you doing? Good to see you, Bishop. I said, this brother is loved and appreciated because he's ministering to them. Mm-hmm. And, and when you minister to people, they listen. And, and he's divorced. Mm-hmm. And then when, when, you, when you face this, the real challenges of life and people see that you're able to stay close to Jesus and keep your head up, right? people appreciate it, even when... The, the administration of churches don't. It's true. 100% true. Um, uh, any, so let me ask, are you a social media person? Should I, should I ask where people can follow you or you just like, Hey, I don't really do that. Uh, I, I haven't done that. I mean, I, I have a, a Facebook listing yeah. and I did that because, you know, I got, you know, I take pictures. Yes. You I, mean, do. I, take, I don't <laughs> take a lot of myself, but I, I've got, I think, 36,000 pictures that are on various hard drives. <laughs> and people say, we never get to see them. I said, okay, well, I'll get a Facebook page. And then, so they're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, even, even before the Kingsborough Temple days, um, I've got photos from early, early, early on in ministry. But at the end of the day, I, I need to begin utilizing the technology that's out there. So um, YouTube, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Twitter, yes. Uh, there's something else that I, um, I, don't even, I don't even know all that's out there, but uh, I'm, I'm beginning to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, okay. I can start using the social media. And uh, I realize that the devil uses it a whole lot more than anybody else, but I believe we can, we can take, his tools and whip him upside the head with it. Mm-hmm. And we only call him his tools because he's used it more than us. That's true. It's just a tool. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. Kind of like the drums. Yeah. <laughs> for, for those that don't know, this was one of my first interactions with <laughs> Pastor McFall as my pastor. That Ventus church at that time was known for, for not, not, um taking they were anti-drums yeah they were anti-drums and i was a drummer and so pastor mcfall comes in i don't know if it's his first or second week first week first week and i walk in behind you know because i was playing drums at the church and he says so so who i said i'm terrence i'm the drummer he says oh so you're the drummer and i was like oh no this is not gonna be good here i told my wife i said this guy he doesn't like me this pastor we might have to and just it was his sense of humor, but he didn't crack a smile, anything, nothing. So I didn't know for a couple of weeks 
until and then I found out he was from the music industry and then the rest is history. <laughs> you, you also forgot that after I heard you play, I said demon drums. Yes, you did say demon drums. <laughs> and you were like, oh, no. <laughs> so this is not going to work. <laughs> no, brother, you, you, you did well at the drums. Um, and I, I like the way that I'm giving you credit, maybe, but Saeed uh, yeah. was was brought along. And I always felt that you were, were partially responsible, at least, for helping mm -hmm. that young brother whose father had had uh, had played percussion. Mm -hmm. And um, Saeed was a little boy, and he, he wants to be like Terrence. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's he, amazing now. He's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so any... Any final thoughts or words of advice for listeners you want to leave? Jesus is coming soon. Mm -hmm. It really is. You, you look around at what's happening in this country and the world. Who would have believed that there would be a group of Americans who would attack the capital of the United States oh of America? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Osama bin your mama couldn't do it. They, that Flight 93 that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, it's believed it was headed for the Capitol mm -hmm. and they wanted to crash into the Capitol building and what an image that would have been to the world. And they attacked on January 6, 2021, the citadel of democracy. And at the end of the day, they are unapologetic. Mm -hmm. And we saw something that we thought we'd never see in our lifetime. Americans turn on its government. Therefore, we know that Jesus is coming. That may not be the, the, the penultimate sign, it may not be the final sign, but it, it is a sign that says, stop playing around. Mm -hmm. Now's the time to be ready. Let Jesus have his way, and you'll be thankful that you did when it is all over. I encourage everyone who listens to your podcast these are words for life, not just for now, but for eternity. And, and what you share is an opportunity for individuals to say, I'm just a regular person. Mm -hmm. Nothing special about me. Something very special about my God. And, and wherever you worship, whoever you answer to, give the Lord God an opportunity to demonstrate for you that he keeps his word. And if you follow Jesus, it'll pay off in the end. It doesn't cost, it pays. And I praise God for that. And I praise God for you and, and for Veronica and, and for the commitment you've made, because you two have been absolutely spot on faithful. 1997, I met you, and it has been spot on since then. And I praise God for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, man, I just... I, 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 the relationship we have, and again, we we might not speak every week, but it's just it's there. We 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 know it. I can pick up the phone, and you're there. You'll pray for me, whatever. I get pictures every once in a while, saying, "Hey, got this picture," and I saw it. I was like, "Wow!" I didn't even know he was sneaking up around a corner, caught me on a pew or something. <laughs> but I really thank you. I thank you for your time. I thank you, you know, just just for being you, for letting God use you. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. I thank all of you for tuning in, all those that are listening. Um, if you haven't already, please like, 
subscribe, share the Words for Life content. Um, it is if it's been a blessing to you, bless somebody else. Even Amen. if it's not been a blessing to you, send it to somebody else. It might even bless them without it blessing you. So just <laughs> do it anyway. Um, also, if if you haven't heard, I'm a part of Be More today. Um, we have a website where you can check out our positive apparel. Um, there's more words for life information there. There's a Be More Today book, 40 Days to a Better Version of You, written by my partner, yeah. Dr. Sean Thomas. Uh, that's at www.bemoretoday.com, all spelled out. Um, we're going to end this with a Words for Life track, so stay tuned. And once again, my our prayer is that something that we've said will inspire you to make the rest of your life the best part of your life. And with Hallelujah. that, we're out. All right. You are a divine creation with a heroic mission. You are not a pro, you're not a package of protoplasm. You're not an accidental biological mistake. You are intended by a creator who wanted somebody just like you to exist in time right now. You could have been born 40 years ago or 40 years in the future, but God wanted to drop you in time right now. Your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your look, your disposition, your personality, your ups, your downs, your idiosyncrasies, your habits, your problems. God wanted somebody just like you. You don't look like you look by accident. You look like you look because it's directly related to your function. So stop tripping on how you look. You are not a mistake. So hold on, I wish I had more hair. I wish my nose was thin. No, 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 you are not a biological freak. You, you are intended by God. Now, I don't know about y'all, believe me, I am not conceited nor cocky, but I am confident, amen? And I'm gonna tell you like it is. Isaiah 43 says, I was created to bring glory to God. That's the, that's the Bible. He created me for him, not for myself. Therefore, God does not make junk. If that's true, then I need to celebrate. When I look in the mirror, I just say, go, Jesus, you created all over yourself, Jesus. You almighty God. I, I, I don't know about y'all. Y'all keep tripping if y'all want to, but I am a divine creation for a heroic mission. I look like I look because I had to do what I do. God needed a short, a uh, beautiful, uh, handsome, a uh, bald head. In other words, I was born in 1959. God knew way back in eternity when I was going to be born and what I was going to do once I show up. Therefore, God becomes responsible to put in me what I need to have to do what he's going to ask me to do. I, I'm about to go somewhere. In other words, see, what, 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 what my responsibility? What will be my mission? I don't know yet. God knows, and therefore, God has to prepack me. Max Lucado, Max Lucado, however you want to say it, in his book, Cure for the Common Life, wonderful book. He says, when you get ready to go on a vacation, depending on where you're going, determines how you're going to pack your suitcase. Ha! Y'all going to shout in a minute. I, I, I promise you, I promise you. See, knowing the outcome, knowing your destiny, knowing your destiny.
destination, knowing that you might be going to Florida, knowing you might be going to Canada, knowing the season and knowing the climatic temperature where you got to show up depends on what you're going to put in your suitcase. Before you get there, you anticipate being there. Therefore, you got to start pre-packing your suitcase. All I'm trying to say way back in the glory, God, the God of the universe, before you ever showed up, when you were being created, he was pre-packing you. He was putting stuff in you that he knew you would need way before you would ever show up. Y'all ain't feeling me yet. He knew the wife you would need to marry. He knew the husband you would need. I can't take credit for this. All I can say is give God the glory because God pre-packed you the same way. If you stop tripping and get out of your way and let God bless you, you sabotaging your own destiny, not understanding your mission or your responsibility. I had one question on this side of glory to ask God. I would simply say, God, what is it that you want me to do with my life? Period. And I would spend every ounce of energy that I had to do it until it killed me. 